May I ask you an important question? I'd rather you tell me a joke. You hate my jokes? To be fair, I hate all jokes. When did I stop liking jokes? People are supposed to love jokes. We even love groaning at stupid jokes, supposedly. I love puns. See? When did life lose all the joy? You and I are supposedly two of the richest human beings in existence. We own one of the four super corporations that, between them, own everything worth owning in the solar system. We should be pretty damn happy, don't you think? I feel all right. You always feel all right, Grant. You're drunk most of the time. (laughs) Supposedly. My wife thinks I should take a poetry class. Can you imagine me? The CEO of one of the largest corporations in existence, sitting in a poetry class with a bunch of children. (laughs) Your wife has all sorts of odd ideas. When she and I were sleeping together, she used to wake me up with some damn idea or another. I had to break it off. Did I sleep with your current wife? Sally. (laughs) Good luck. It's like making love to Pluto, distant and frigid. I might take a shot at it. I mean, that's what it's come to. We're so bored we're seducing each other's wives, just so we can feel like we've accomplished something. Well, that's where things are, brother. Every bit of solid ground in the solar system is spoken for. Every item is in someone's pocket. With the exception of the long-abandoned Mother Earth, everything is owned by someone. We're the masters of everything. Not everything. Well, everything in this solar system. Everything you and I are ever going to see. Yes, I suppose you're right. What was your urgent question? It was an important question, not urgent at all. I wanted to know if you'd looked over the research and development budget. I never, never, ever read them. I only sign them. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, so all we do is hire a few brains to think up new ways to make our budget slightly more profitable than... Than what? And when did you mean then or then? Nothing. Just an odd thought. Do you remember? Now, this was about 20 years ago, mind you, but do you remember the Exoplanetary Project? Vaguely. We laughed. Do you remember? We laughed so hard because it seemed like the most impractical, complicated... I don't think I've ever laughed so hard since. Well, it was such fanciful blue sky stuff. It's all coming back to me. We should look it up. I remember it pretty well, actually. What would happen if we did it? (laughs) It couldn't work. Why not? Well, we're talking about exploring planets outside of our solar system. It was more than that. New technologies, workarounds for age-old problems with interstellar exploration. It's such a risk. So was leaving Earth nearly five centuries ago, but our ancestors did it. They did it, and we prospered. Not everything worked out, but it was an amazing step forward. And how do we know that one of our counterparts isn't going to try the same thing? They must be as bored and as restless as we are. I mean, eventually, one of them will try it too, either this year or a hundred years from now. This this is a big commitment. It'll take years, maybe a decade before we're ready. And and who would we find to do these things when the time comes? Who would agree to such an insane plan? I'm too excited to worry about that now. I think we can safely forget this R&D budget. Come along, Grant. Let's go shopping. Dear Mom, you told me to write when I got work, so here I am, keeping my promise. It's a really unusual job with Exoplanetary. Yes, I guess all four of your kids are working for Exo now. Taking the job wasn't the easiest decision, Mom. I know that we all have a very warm and fuzzy opinion of Exo, but things are rarely that cut and dried. Exoplanetary is an interplanetary conglomerate dedicated to the betterment of mankind through products, services, and ideas. Products for you to use and consume. Services for you to simplify your life and give you more time to enjoy the finer things. And ideas for you to think so you don't have to. Evidently, I'm exactly the sort of person they were looking for. Intelligent, young, 
no major genetic modifications, thanks mom, and a family with no extensive history of early death or mental health problems, though for that last one, I'm glad they didn't come to Thanksgiving dinner. When I got the call for the interview, they told me to pack for a trip deep into the outer planets, but that's as much as I knew. You look as if you've never seen an asteroid base before. Wow. Wow. Just wow. It's like a castle carved right into the rock. I didn't realize there were still asteroids this far out. There weren't. Exo shipped this rock out here when we couldn't buy a facility on Chiron. Shipped this rock all the way out here for what? Why does Exoplanetary need us on the far side of Neptune? There's nothing here but... Ice and rock. And very well-paid human beings. Welcome to Cortez 1, Miss Wolverton. Cortez 1? Is this where I'm going to be living? It is a lot of money, but all the secrecy is a little strange. Tell me, where are you from? What's, what's home for you? My family grew up in a colony on Ganymede. Don't change the subject. How long will I be chilling out on Cortez 1? Chilling out? 20th century slang. It was an old family hobby. You don't hear people talk about chilling out much these days even if it's appropriate this far from the sun. This is like where comets lose their training wheels. As I told you when you agreed to the interview, Miss Wolverton, you will learn what you need to learn, and only when you need to learn it. You're one chilly cat, Edgar. But I can't argue with the paycheck. How long have you worked with Exoplanetary, anyway? Many years. I started with Solar Cola Flavor Division. No kidding. Any flavors I might remember? You might be old enough to remember... New Solar Cola? Yuck, I do. That was you. My claim to fame. I saved the company trillions. What? How is that possible? It was a famous disaster. And everyone demanded that we bring back the old formula. Right. People were so upset. So upset that they didn't notice that we replaced the sweetener with fructose 23. Much cheaper than what we had used before. It saved us trillions. (laughs) Might even be quadrillions by now. That was my first hint that this Edgar person was a big wheel. From soft drinks to castles in space. Not the most obvious career path, but my own resume zigzags everywhere, so who am I to judge? After we got to the base, Edgar told me to get a good night's sleep, and we'd meet at 0800, but you know how I am when I'm trying to catch 40 winks in an unfamiliar gravity. It didn't help that I was lying there, thinking about everything I didn't know about this mission. Who would I be living with? How often would shipments arrive? And where in the hell were we going? So many questions, and when I tried to do some research on my comm, I saw that I'd been blocked. I couldn't access anything about Edgar, about Exo. I couldn't even find an old advert for the new solar cola, even though I have it memorized. It's a new flavor for the new century. It's a taste for everyone. Kids love it. It's solar! I wasn't able to sleep, so I took a tour of the base. I wasn't snooping, but I was hoping to catch someone off guard. I was about ready to go back to my cabin when I spotted what appeared to be a maintenance man doing a diagnostic on a coffee maker in the galley. Oh, hey there. Hi. Bit late for coffee. Yeah, but if it isn't perfect, I'll catch hell in the morning. I'm Dave. Alice. You worked here a while? I have. I'm not supposed to talk to you about what goes on here, you know. I know. They keep a tight lid on it. I'm not even supposed to know. But you work here long enough, you figure out what's going on. Where do you call home? Well, I was born on Earth. Earth? Yep, that's the name of it. 
I've never actually met someone from Earth. Well, I don't bite. So what's Earth like? Not sure what to tell you. Well, tell me where you were born. That's a little complicated. I've got all night, as it turns out. Are you all that familiar with Earth geography? It isn't my main field, but I get by. What is your main field? I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, or just how to grow up. My primary skill seems to be acquiring debt. (laughs) Pretty funny. Thanks. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but my mom got me therapy instead. Now I can only be funny when it's appropriate. I'm from the United States. United States? (laughs) There hasn't been a United States in hundreds of years. Are you pulling my leg? Wouldn't dare. How is that possible? How is anything possible? No. Now don't be like that. You know what I meant. What if I told you that I came from Earth and I was here to conquer these worlds for the people of Earth? But... but there are no people of Earth. There aren't? Not out here. I mean, we're the people of the Earth. We came out here because, well... Yes? People don't like to talk about it. I don't like to talk about it anyway. And why not? It's shocking. Barbaric what we did to ourselves. You feel unconnected to it somehow? I suppose. I mean, we've all been up here for centuries. It's hard not to think of all of that as ancient history. Humanity spent years ruining their home, and we were forced to take those lessons with us out into the beyond. At least out here, the only lives we're ruining are our own. How do you mean? Over a thousand years ago, Europeans started going across the ocean, doing a lot of good for the people back home and doing a lot of bad for the people they invaded. There were consequences. The peoples of the Americas were hit by diseases they'd never had before. Their native plants and animals were replaced by strange beasts and European crops. People were enslaved. Most people in this day and age just think of Earth as something in an old book they never read. They don't know the stories. Most people don't care about Earth history. I mean, I like to read about it, but... Everyone should. And well-positioned folks know the details, but they get scared or get greedy, and those lessons fly away like a startled bird. It all started ten centuries ago, not just five. I suppose you're right. Every big step causes huge consequences. I mean, this place is named Cortez One. That's a hell of a thing. You don't see any space stations named Chief Joseph or Geronimo, do you? I guess not. Humanity's had a good long time since we had to think about one civilization crashing into another like a bunch of unwelcome party guests. Maybe someday we're going to have that problem again. I hope not. Hope's a good thing to have, Alice. But I only pray whoever finds themselves in that situation also has a heart. You have a good interview tomorrow. Coffee should be ready to go. You've signed the most airtight non-disclosure agreement in the history of human civilization, Miss Wolverton. Needless to say, any discussion of what we're about to tell you with an outsider would have severe consequences. Lay it on me, Slick. More archaic slang. It comes out when I'm nervous. You guys are making me nervous. What does the word exoplanetary mean to you? Other than a huge paycheck and a very competitive dental plan, not much. Seriously, Miss Wolverton? Seriously? Exoplanetary. Other planets, strange planets. Specifically, an exoplanet is a planet that orbits a star other than our own sun. There's thousands of them out there, just the ones we've charted. Okay, but what does that have to do with us? There's no way for us to get out there. We can't travel faster than the speed of light. Correct. And old romantic notions of large colony ships traveling between the stars, hosting entire families for generations, are too impractical. Building something that big and powerful would take too much time and waste too much energy with very little return. It could be millennia before we'd be able to communicate with those colonists ever again. 
Right. Until we come up with a workaround, we're stuck here in our own solar system. Thankfully, we have... Wait, what? We want you to see something. A device we've been working on for 20 years now. You're fond of the past. The prototype was about as large as a 20th century automobile. This scale model represents our wish to have something no bigger and heavier than a large human fist. What is it? It looks like a baseball. Simply put, it's a spaceship. What? Do you shrink me or something? I'm not getting in there. No, your mind goes in there. Conversation over. What? Why? You guys should have mentioned removing my brain before you dragged me all the way out here. We're not going to remove your brain. We're going to copy it. Is that possible? It's been possible for many years, though few have the resources to do such a thing. The concept was copying and storing the mind, but ultimately nobody was really all that interested once they realized that it would only be a copy. The original person wouldn't experience what the copy experienced, and vice versa. There were religious implications, more so before the various faiths were purchased by corporations. It didn't grant true immortality, so nobody wanted it. So let me see if I understand. You're going to copy my mind into this thing and then shoot it into interstellar space? Much more than that, Miss Wolverton, much more than that. We're going to give this device the benefit of your entire life, your personality, your sense of humor, your hopes, your fears, your experience. And not just the person you are today. No, no. How do you mean? If you agree to take part, the first step will be to copy and transfer your mind into the device. At your age, the process takes two months, during which you'll be quietly sleeping in an induced coma. Once awake, we will rehabilitate you, make sure you can walk and move properly again, and no ill effects. From that point on, each night, your memories, everything you do during the day, will be sent to the machine. The signal is shot out of the solar system and is captured by the device as it travels to another star. This will continue for the rest of your life. What happens after I die? This traveler, this copy of your mind, will continue to grow and live and learn, all of it seen through the prism of experiences you accrued during your life. Your mind will be in the device and continue on, thinking and living as you would until such a time as it lands on the planet you are directed to. My... My mind would be hurtling through space for hundreds of years, though. Even if it could do that, even if she were a copy, wouldn't she go mad? From boredom or loneliness? That's the stroke of genius. Each exosolar system we have chosen has three planets we wish to explore. You won't be alone. You'll be traveling alongside two partners chosen for you through compatibility testing. Your mind will be able to communicate with them, interact, and so on. That's fine, but for centuries? Won't I need a break? Another one of our strokes of genius? Well, not specifically ours. We paid for it. It's the same thing. While it will take centuries for the three of you to arrive, your experiences will only seem to be a month or so. The computer that stores your minds will run at a minuscule pace, which has the added benefit of saving energy. The time will speed along like a shuttle to the gas giants or a leisurely ocean voyage from long ago. Once you've arrived, the three of you will experience normal time again. And... What will we do when we get there? The first thing the device does is build you a body out of local materials. The next thing you will do is explore and send the information back to us so that we may learn more about the wider universe. So, it's me, but it's not me. I'm having a hard time with that. That's all right, Miss Wolverton. Most people do. You're only human. Welcome, Miss Wolverton. Call me Alice, Father Stone. You know, I have a brother who's a minister, too. Oh, really? Is he with uh, Exoplanetary Methodist as well? I'm... I'm not really sure. He's the only religious one in the family. 
I'm more what you'd call oh, spiritual. Oh, that's all right. He's actually a monk, I think. That's what you call it when you're isolated from society and you wear a big brown bathrobe thing, right? Uh, well, it's not really... Either that or agoraphobia. Well, yes. Uh, Grant told me that you had some spiritual questions about uh, taking this, uh, this journey. Well, Padre, since you're on the payroll, you're one of the few people I'm allowed to talk to about well, this. Well, there have always been deep philosophical questions surrounding the relationship between the mind, the body, and the soul. It's funny. All this time, and we've never really come up with a good answer for all of this. Well, actually, we? you know... I mean, a universal one, Father. We've never really gotten a good answer that didn't involve faith. A scientific answer. What I'm really confused about is the soul. I believe in the soul. And I believe that there are things that are real but haven't been explained yet. Yeah, that's a good start. That's a good... So thing. when Mud and Jeff tell me that they're going to load this device up with my memories, my personality, my emotions... I can't help but think that he's not just copying my mind, but my soul as well. He's making a facsimile of the real me, the one that only exists in my heart and between well, my that's, ears. That's true. That I mean, be... even if you take God and mysticism out of it all, isn't this man asking to make a copy of my soul and send it to a faraway place where I'll never see it again? Isn't that what he's well, buying you're, from you're, me? You're under no obligation. It's just a, what a, happens to people who say well, no. Well, no, I shouldn't say what happens. It's now a, you have to tell me. Well, a drug is administered. It erases the last few days from your mind. You wake up in a hospital near your home, and you're told you bumped your head. I don't ever know what I turned down. That's true. You live your life as you did before. Unemployed. Well, there's always the clergy. <laughs> That was a joke. You sort of have to be religious to be a minister, even these days. If I said no, what would happen to me when I die? Your soul would leave your body. And? Uh, the rest isn't up to me. But if I say yes? If you say yes, something of you would live on in this world, in a fashion. What would you say if you were asked? How do you know I wasn't? Because you're not as amazing as I am. I'm joking. You see, another sun gets to shine on your sense of humor. Wow, that coffee must be good, huh? It's past midnight and you're still drinking it. Hmm? Oh, hi. What are you staring at? Out there. Way out there, huh? So you know what goes on here, huh? I think so. I can neither confirm nor deny... I dig it. What are you thinking about? If you could go back in time and talk to Christopher Columbus, what would you tell him? Stay home. <laughs> no, really. Really. Stay home. Take your shady crook ways and keep them in your own backyard. What if he had? <sighs> then some other European guy would have done the same thing. Some other white dude who thought he was superior. Some of what happened may have been inevitable. Two great societies met and the results were tragic. But most of that wasn't destiny, just greed. How do you mean? These Europeans. They were desperate bandits looking to become wealthy. They landed in Africa and the Americas and elsewhere, and they saw the people there not as hosts, but savages to tame and exploit. They were cruel and little people with no understanding, no compassion, nothing standing in their way from destroying the civilizations they were invading. You think that's what was missing? Compassion? Couldn't have hurt. And you think that a better history might have been as simple as having good intentions? Whoa, I didn't say that. I'm talking about an entirely different problem. 
unchecked greed, entitlement, pettiness, all the parts of us that we forget are cruel. How old are you, anyway? You're not supposed to ask a lady that. <laughs> Come from a big family? I'm the oldest of four kids. All adults now. You're tempted to go out there, aren't you? I am. Are you telling me that I'm going to be Christopher Columbus all over again? Is that avoidable? You're going there on behalf of Exoplanetary, not Alice Wolverton. Every explorer serves some master. I see. It isn't even really me who goes out there. But it is the core of your being, the part of you that is you. If someone has to go out there, the most I can tell you is that you must remain humble in the face of what you'll encounter, whatever that may be. I'm glad you're here, Dave. And not just because of the coffee. See you soon. Ms. Wolverton. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Have you made a decision? I'm taking Eggs Benedict and a lot of coffee. About joining the team? I have one last question. Yes? You guys aren't telling me something. You have this mad, beautiful plan, but none of this is happening unless it has the potential to make money for EXO. So what are we out there looking for? <laughs> Congratulations, Miss Wolverton. You just passed the final test. If you weren't smart and curious enough to ask that question, you would have been waking up in a hospital bed in a day or two with a splitting headache. Final test, huh? You're going out there to claim the wider universe for EXO. Whatever you find becomes ours by dint of you planting our metaphoric flag in that foreign dirt. And what if that dirt already belongs to someone else? We don't anticipate you meeting many aboriginals, but if you do, there are procedures in place. You'll have a world of information at your fingertips, one of the advantages of having a computer brain. And that's when my free will drains out of the crankcase of my fancy new body? Not at all. Why go to the trouble of sending you out there unless you're part and parcel? We need a human being out there. We just don't need all the meat and bone. We need wisdom and judgment, not mere information. What are you expecting to find out there? Rare minerals? Real estate? And why do you need to download the complete Alice Wolverton into your machine there to get that? Though we expect that some of our explorers will find materials and alien creatures, the reason we need a human being out there, a human mind, is the ability to discern signs of civilization. Either a living, thriving, intelligent species or the ruins of an advanced society. Our gamble is that one of you, somehow, will discover technologies the likes of which our own species has never imagined and find a way to send it back. After all, you've been out of work for a while. What does that have to do with anything? We were fascinated by your ingenuity. It isn't exactly easy, living day to day without a steady income. Your willingness to do whatever it takes to survive under such harsh conditions... It showed us what you're made of. Your ingenuity. In short, Miss Wolverton, we're betting heavily on your imagination. What are these procedures? You expect me to enslave intelligent alien life? What if they don't want to deal with me? Our expectations are simple, Miss Wolverton. We expect you to function in such a way as to obtain items and information that will increase Exo's profits for centuries to come. In short, we expect results. The other two travelers that accompany you will be busy with their own worlds. Your new body will be cut off from this solar system by the time it arrives, so you will be working on your own with only the memories and information and tools we send with you. How you get those results are largely up to you. You're putting a lot of trust in a tiny little baseball. We're putting a lot of trust in you, Alice Wolverton. If you are who we believe you to be, we trust you to meet your responsibilities in a manner which will please everyone. Answer me one last question. Are you guys just telling me what I want to hear? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, oh, Miss Wolverton, we're capitalists. <laughs> Very successful capitalists. That's the only thing we tell people. Mom, it scared the hell out of me. It also thrilled me in a way that I've never experienced. I can tell you that I said yes. I can tell you that I got the job. I can also tell you that I am stubborn enough to make this job work on my terms, even though... Even though, I guess, I will never know if I was right. I can also tell you that I may be able to stop by for a visit in a few months. I know that you want me to save my money, but trust me when I tell you that XODO pays a lot of bills. I can also tell you that, as secretive as this new job may be, it also has the potential to be amazing. Do you remember when you told us kids growing up that we would take the Wolverton name far and wide? You have no idea how right you were. I'm going to travel far and wide, further than I ever dreamed. But when I reach that destination, the real job will be staying true to myself. You have been listening to Exoplanetary, the complete Alice Wolverton, written by C. Christopher Hart, performed by Furiel Elliott as Alice Wolverton, Mick Laflamme as Edgar. Sean Brading as Grant. Danger Marshall as Dave. Connor Hughes as Father Stone. This play, the characters, situations, and associated intellectual property, copyright 2014 and 2016 by C. Christopher Hart, all rights reserved. Recorded in the Bigfoot Podcasting Studio located at Ned Space in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Produced by C. Christopher Hart and Melissa Schenter. Original music provided by Jacob Jensen and musical direction by Melissa Schenter. We'd like to express our thanks to our donors, Dennis McRandall, Justin Olson, Darcy Hogan, Malik Shabazz, and Annie McDonald. You can join our patrons and donate at patreon.com forward slash exoplanetary. And another way you can help us is by supporting us and subscribing on iTunes. If you really, really like us, consider giving us a really, really good rating. You know what I mean? Thanks.